as you're turning there, those who've been said Galatians says, yeah, we're not in Romans. For, for, for one reason is that, that the Lord has blessed Pastor Price with a word. And so he's going to come forth and preach as a God has prepared. So as we continue to meditate on the goodness of our Lord can return to his holy word. Looking at Galatians 5th chapter starting at verse 16. I will be reading and you're hearing the New Living Translation. And if you are not there, say hold on. I will wait. Those who are there, you are welcome to stand in honoring and reading of his holy word. I still hear some pages turning. We're in Galatians 6 chapter. I'm sorry, 5th chapter. Starting at verse 16. We'll be going to verse 22. Not there, say, hold on. Amen. Since like we're all there, we say, if you're all there, can we say, let us begin? So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intention. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, Sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Praise God for his word. Amen. The Holy Spirit got me. I went to verse 23. Pastor Price is going to deal with what is controlling you. Good morning, church. Have a word of prayer. Lord, we come thanking you, Lord, for being who you are. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
that's being preached all across this land, all across the world, Heavenly Father, so that someone may come forth and ask, what must I do to be saved, Lord? Lord, we thank you for blessing us. We thank you for taking care of us. We thank you for being the God that you are, Lord. Lord, I just thank you, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity to share the good news, Heavenly Father. Father, remove Calvin Price out of your way, Heavenly Father. Father, you say and teach and preach whatever it is that you would have for it to go forth, Heavenly Father. Father, we know that you said your word would not go out and come back void, Lord. It accomplishes what you intended for it to accomplish, Heavenly Father. Father, continue to bless us as a church that's signed out to be the church that you have called for it to be, Heavenly Father, that we will be serious about your business, Heavenly Father, that we'll be serious about worshiping you, serving you, and giving you what you deserve, Heavenly Father, for the earth is the Lord's and the fruit is thereof, and all they that dwell therein. Lord, I thank you for family, Heavenly Father. Thank you for my family being here with us, Heavenly Father. Father, I thank you, Heavenly Father, for our pastor, Lord. Continue to guide and direct him and protect him, Heavenly Father. Bless him, Lord, as he prepares to deliver your word this afternoon, Heavenly Father, at Cornerstone, Heavenly Father. Father, let me always give you praise, the glory, and the honor for your word, dear Lord. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that I pray. Amen. 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 I want to talk to you this morning about what or whom is controlling you. What or whom is controlling you. We all are controlled by something. When you go to work on your job, they tell you what time you got to be there, what time you can get off. What time you can tell your break, take a break. We all are controlled by something. You're controlled by the rules and the policies of your employer. Children should be controlled by the rules and the policies of their parents' home. Tell your children what time they got to be in the house. You tell them what time to go to bed. Unless you have the household where your children are controlling you. But we all have control of things. Prisoners in jail are controlled by the policies and rules of the prison system. They tell them what time to get up, what time to eat, what time to go to bed. So they are controlled. There are good controls and there are bad controls that govern our lives or influences us. There are always operational parameters that we should abide in as disciples of Jesus Christ. Hence was the title, What or Whom is Controlling You? In Galatians chapter 5, God has given us a word. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Mine might read a little differently from yours. But it's still the word of God. Chapter 5 and verse 16, it states, So I advise you to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Hmm. If you are controlled by the Holy Spirit, 
you will not do what your sinful nature craves. So here's the question. How do I become controlled by the Holy Spirit? Right? How do I become controlled by the Holy Spirit? God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, 7, 8, he said, Meditate on my word, Joshua, day and night, and then you shall be prosperous. He said, Meditate on it. The psalm writer says in Psalm 1, he says, Meditate on it day in and, and day out. He also says, I have hidden thy words in my heart that I might not sin against you. We're talking about control. Turn to your neighbor and tell them we're talking about control. How we can control us. Because I'm the one that needs to be controlled. So many times we think it's somebody else. We think they need to be controlled. They're the ones who are OC. But it really is us that lack controls. We read on there. He tells us. That in verse 17, he says, the old sinful nature hmm, loves to do evil, which is just opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature craves. You see, there's a constant battle going on within us. And the battle is for control. It's for control of your mind. It's for control of your body. It's for control of your thoughts. That battle is constantly going on from the time you open your eyes to the time you shut them again. And even while I am sleeping, control thoughts are happening. Pay attention here. Don't let me lose you here. Which one is in control of you? Is it your flesh or is it the spirit? What are you controlled by? Why do you allow it to control you? He goes on here and he says, in verse 18, he says, the word of God says here, but when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you are no longer subject unto the law. You are no longer subjected to the law. When I am controlled by the Holy Spirit, of course, my life will line up with the law. When I am controlled by the Holy Spirit, I don't think about stealing. When I am controlled by the Holy Spirit, I don't think about lying. When I am controlled by the Holy Spirit, I don't think about killing somebody. When I am controlled by the Holy Spirit, I don't talk about my mama and daddy. You follow me? When I am controlled by the Spirit. Don't worry, y'all. We're going to get to what is really controlling us. Because it ain't the Spirit. Lonzo, the spirit ain't controlling me. It is my own sinful nature and desires that can really controls me. So, Brother Price, what are you talking about? The reason that the sinful nature controls us, for one thing, is because of the fall of man. Because when you go way back to the beginning, with Adam and Eve in the garden, something happened in the garden. Man was living a blissful life. He had no worries at all. He was just there living with his wife, doing what God had said. And then an enemy approached the woman. 
And he deceived a woman. Pay attention here. I said he deceived a woman. That's what the word said. And it says that he told her that the day you eat of this fruit, you will become as a God, knowing both good and evil. Pay attention here. God had already gave the man a command, a system of control. Now, y'all ain't feeling me. God gives us a system of control. He told the man that what? Every tree in the garden you can eat from. And he took the man and he pointed out. He said, this tree right here, don't eat it. But just like we are, we want to see how far we can go. We want to say, see if I can break the rules or the system. You think that you can drive your car without driver's license. Because you got a system of control. You think you can drive around without car insurance. Because there is a system of control. And you think you can get away with it. Then you get mad at the man from exercising his authority of control. Oh, y'all ain't feeling me. Some of y'all must be doing that. He says, when you uh, follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. It says sexual immorality from the King James. I'm going to take the King James version, man. You got, got a lot of words in here, man. You don't know what they mean. I don't know what they mean. I had to go look up these words. <laughs> he says, when I follow my sinful nature, the, the things that I really love to do is my sinful nature because of the fall of man. He says, when I follow these things, I commit adultery. Hmm. Adultery. We all know what adultery is, or, or think we know what it is. One of the definitions of adultery is, yes, the one that you all are familiar with, is a married person engaging in sex with someone other than their wife or husband. That's the standard definition of adultery, right? Adultery is committed by two willing parties. I'll pay attention here. I said two willing parties. It ain't one-sided, Brother Lonzo. <laughs> it's two willing parties committing the act. One person in the relationship may have been the temptress. That's the female. One person may have been the tempter. That's the male. But the other person freely accepted the temptation. Adultery is always conceived in the heart. Uh, Y'all ain't feeling me. It is always conceived in the heart. Matthew 5 and 28 says, Jesus said, If I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery in her heart, in his heart. If a man looks after a woman in a lustful sense, he has committed the act in his heart. He did not do it physically, but he did it in his spirit. Now, y'all ain't feeling me. I'm talking about walking in the spirit and not the flesh. You see, women, the same thing with you. If you look at a man and you think about it and you meditate on it, you have done the act in your heart. That is the sin. He says, thou shalt not commit adultery. We commit adultery all the time against God. Somebody say, Brother Price, how we commit adultery against God? I don't have sex with God. 
Jeremiah 3 and 9 said, And it came to pass through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. Let me bring it down your street. We commit adultery with money. We're putting things in place of God, and I'm making love to the money. I love the money. He says that we put children in place of God. That you would go to the end of the world so that your son or daughter can have this or that. You will even prostitute your body so that your children can have this or that. We are committing adultery against God when we don't put him first. He says you are committing adultery against us. Some people are committing adultery with idols. Hmm. Not only money and, and family. We are committing adultery by taking what belongs to God and give it to the psychic people. Let me read on here. Y'all too silent on me. Let me go on. I'm going to stop messing with y'all. He says here, God had made a covenant between the nation of Israel. Israel agreed to abide by the terms of their covenant. You make a covenant when you get married. You agree to abide by the terms of that agreement. The stones and stocks were the objects to which God's wife Israel gave his affection. The money and the children are things which we're giving our affections that belong to God. He says, the foreign object that adulterated the relationship served to replace God. So God divorced Israel. And the relationship he had with them ceased to exist. No sex involved, yet adultery was committed. You follow me? They had rejected him. They had rejected God. When you commit adultery, that's what you're doing. You say, I reject my wife. I reject my husband. You have rejected them, and that's why you commit the act. Fornication. You know, he has a list of them. He has 17 things that my flesh loves to do, Brother Dale. 17 of them. He says fornication. And that might be a word you may not know what it means. Fornication comes from a Greek word. And it means to include, and it includes premarital sex, it includes adultery, incest, homosexuality and lesbianism, and bestiality. People know what bestiality is. Don't you know, man, that the human mind is capable of doing anything? There were people committing sex acts with animals. That is what bestiality is. You follow me? He says, consensual sexual relationship between two persons not married to one another. Fornication. We call it shacking. <laughs> and we shack for convenience sake. I'm talking about a system of control here. You are controlled because the man says... Okay, honey, you can stay at home. I'll break all the money. You just stay here, cook for me, and clean up for me. And I'll bring home the bacon, and that's all you got to do. I'll even buy you a Mercedes Benz. A system of control. 
So all you got to do is just fornicate. Uh, y'all ain't feeling me. All you got to do is just fornicate. So all you got to do to get all this stuff. So I ain't going to leave the men out. Me and you, some of y'all got lazy too. The woman tell you, I get up every day and go to the job. I work, honey. You be Mr. Mom. You take care of the house. I buy you that Lexus. You, you follow me? We are committing fornication and we are acting like there's nothing wrong with it. God has sanctified marriage to be between a man and a woman. He has sanctified it as a covenant. A system of control, y'all. So that you can control yourself. So that you don't have to resort to prostitution. You follow me? Fornication ain't nothing new. Adultery ain't nothing new. They've been doing that since the beginning. Your father, ain't nothing new about the son, y'all. What we've been doing already been done. Fornication was another one of those things that my flesh loves to do. We got it so bad now, you said, I want to test drive the car before I purchase it. So it's all right for me to go on to fornication and stay with you for two or three months to decide if I want to marry you. God has not called us to live according to our sinful natures. He has not called me to live that way. Then he goes on into a, the list, the things that my sinful nature loves to do. And he goes on, he says, I also, not only do I love to fornicate, commit adultery, he says, man, I, I like doing uncleanliness and lasciviousness. Uncleanliness is impure thoughts. Man, I tell you, a lot of impure thoughts will cross your mind just by flipping that TV channel. That's right. On TV, they are showing half-naked women, half-naked men. On TV now. Ain't no more like it used to be with the Cosby show. Now they're saying that stuff that they didn't say back in the day. Now they're saying curse words on TV. Now they got homosexual shows on TV. I'm talking about all this fornication, all of this lasciviousness. Lasciviousness seems like a big word, doesn't it? All it means is excessive indulgence in sexual pleasures. Excessive is the key word. Excessive indulgence in things that are not befitting of someone that should be walking in the spirit. Don't you know there are some people that that's all they think about is sex? There are some people that just think about impure thoughts. Just think about how they can hurt you. What they can do to harm you. To stop you from progressing. That is nothing more than another system of control, y'all. What is controlling you? Are these things controlling you right now? I'm talking about born again baptized Christians. I'm talking about people that are sitting right here in this sanctuary right now. I ain't talking about them over there at St. Paul. I'm talking about them right here at Zion Baptist. I'm talking about us. What is controlling us? Is it my sinful nature or is it the spirit? Remember, he said walk in the spirit. That means you got to live in the spirit. It ain't no one day process. It ain't just on Sunday. I'm going to leave y'all alone. Y'all ain't feeling me. He says, yeah. He goes on and he gives me the list of these things that I of my sinful nature loves to do. He says, 
I am full of idolatry and witchcraft. We already talked about idolatry. We already talked about giving what God deserves to something else. That's idolatry. We talked about witchcraft. Some of you will not even start your day without looking at the paper and reading your horoscope. <laughs> Saying, oh, it says I'm going to meet a man today. <laughs> you are controlled and governing your life by what you read for your horoscope. Some of you might even call psychic lines. Or go to a tarot card reader. Trying to find something that's to replace God. To replace Jesus. Trying to satisfy your natural desires. Which are not the thing the Holy Spirit wants us to do. Some of us allows those things to control us. How do I stop all these things? There's so many of them. It's 17 of these things that it says my flesh loves to do. Hatred. Hmm. Some of us are sitting by people we hate. Or they might be on the other side of the pew. You said, I can't stand so and so. That's what's on your mind right now. You ain't even listening to nothing I'm saying here. You got me tuned out. The word of God is tuned out because you're thinking about hating on somebody. Hatred of things of my flesh. You follow me? It's easy to hate people. I'm going to tell you the truth. It's easy to hate people. But it's hard to love. It's easy to hate, but it's hard to love. He goes on and he talks about a word, variance, hmm, or discord. Lack of agreement or harmony. Some people in the church love to stir up mess. They just love to stir up disagreement. You played those games when you were in high school, Alonzo, when you said, she said, he said. He says that when I was a child, I thought I was a child. But when I became a man, I'm supposed to put away childish things. How can Christian folks still be causing dissension in the house of God? Something is wrong with you. And what's wrong with you is you are being controlled by your natural evil desires, your flesh. He talks about sedition, variance and emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies. Seditions are incitement of resistance to or insurrection against lawful authority. Hmm, sedition. We all know what's happening in New York. We all know what's happening in California, all across the, the U.S. What's happening all across the world? Something is going on. Sometimes it's only a few people that incites a rebellion. It only takes a few. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. It only takes one or two to start a riot. That's all it takes is one or two saying something that's against the law. Doing something that's against the law. And then it happens. The same thing happens in the church. Why do you think church have divisions? Why do you think we got Zion Baptist at Mount Zion? Why do you think we got Prince of Peace and Morning Star? 
It happened because of dissension. Because of division. It happened because somebody wanted to be in control. And they didn't like the authority that was in control. Now, y'all ain't feeling me. That's how pastors come and go. Because somebody comes up and say, I think I ought to be the pastor. And that causes a division in the church. Well, some will follow that pastor and some will stay right there. All of these things are things of my natural, sinful nature. And he goes on and he talks about revelings. I like that word, revelings. I had to look that word up and say, revelings, what's that word? Revelings is to take intense pleasure or satisfaction. To take great delight in something, to make merry, to indulge in boisterous or noisy activities. Revelings is nothing more than y'all having a party. <laughs> That's what revelings is. You know, when Saturday night comes, you know how it used to be and how it still is for some of y'all. <laughs> when Saturday night comes, you be like, who having a party? Friday night, like, what's that song? Friday night, I just got paid. <laughs> hey. I'm looking for a place to go and have a party. And it's not any kind of party. You follow me? It's a drunken party. Where they have the kegs, you know, they don't have a six-pack. They have a kegs of beer. They might have, you know, you might like some, uh, some of those little, uh, what I call them, the Long Island iced teas, you know. Some of y'all might like the, the coolers, the wine coolers. But what it is is that I'm indulging in things that have nothing to do with my spiritual nature. I'm indulging in things that are pleasing to my flesh. Pay attention. I'm not going to go through all of them. You can read them at home in your own time. Go look them up. Do a word study on them. But you will see all of these things are things that it says, my sinful nature of my flesh loves to do them. Y'all ain't feeling me. I said they love, my flesh loves to do these things. That's right, my flesh loves to do these things. And it tries to do these things every day. Now, y'all ain't feeling me. Every day you wake up and open your eyes, your flesh is trying to tell you, you know you ought to do this. And the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you, no, you ought to not do that. Paul says it so well in Romans chapter 7. He says, I desire to do good. I want to do good. I know how to do good. He said, but evil is always present. Sometimes evil could be lying next to you in the bed. That's right. Sometimes evil is on your job. Oh, y'all ain't feeling me. Sometimes evil is in the church house. It's there. It's all around us. The brother Price, where is it? How can I see it? How can I spot it? Look at yourself. All the time, I ain't thinking pure thoughts. I'm just telling y'all the truth. I'm talking about me. All the time, I ain't in the spirit. I ain't walking in the spirit. Sometimes I let the flesh act up. And I tell y'all a story. It happened to me on the job this week. Some guy came over to my desk. He was mad at me, too. I'm just talking to you. And he comes over. He says, so me, I was my normal self. 
I said, man, because I've seen all these emails going back and forth asking about how you do something. And they was trying to put something in production. And, I, and the guy come over and I was being my normal honorary self. I said, I said, man, it looks like you got a problem. <laughs> and the guy says, I ain't got no problem. He said, you got a problem. I said, I said hold up, man, calm down. He said, I'll go up to the, the, the vice president or whoever. I said, man, I don't care who you go to. So, so now my, my flesh is acting up. Now, so, man, I don't care who you go to. You follow me. <laughs> you, you, can go, you can go to CEO. I don't care. <laughs> you, you follow me. But guess how God operates. So that guy, same guy, came back to me about 30 or 40 minutes later and apologized. Oh, y'all ain't fooling me. You see, God is in control, y'all. And when you walk in the spirit, God will stop the flesh from being fulfilled. See, but you got to walk in the spirit in order for God to take over. So then it gets to, the, the writer gets into, says, then I got the, the good things, how I can walk in the spirit. So I got the bad side of me, then I got the good side. You follow me? There's something wrong with you, my brothers and sisters, if you all the time are thinking these impure thoughts. Especially if you call yourself a Christian. There's something wrong with you if you are always doing one of these 17 things. That's how many it is. There's 17 of them. Something wrong with you. You better go back and check yourself. You better go back and ask God to help you out. Because you missed something along the way. Then he gets into the things that are pleasing to God. He calls these the things or the fruit of the Spirit. See, God gives us some fruit, y'all. And he goes into and he talks about, but what now? when the Holy Spirit controls you or control our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. See, you can only get this when the Holy Spirit is in control. Not when your flesh is in control. Remember, we said, the flesh and the Spirit is at war against one another. And they're fighting for control of your mind. They're fighting for control of your soul. He said, these things happen when you walk in the Spirit. Or when the Spirit controls you. He says here that you will have what? Love. Y'all with me? <laughs> he says you will have love. I'm going to take the first four here. He said, you have love. Then what did he say? Joy. You say you have joy. Then what did he say? Peace. Peace. Then what? Joy. Stop right there. He said, I have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, or patience. I'm going to back him up. You can't have patience hmm, without any peace. Say, what you talking about, preacher man? You see, how can you have patience when you are worried about your job? How can I have any patience when I don't know if I'm going to be employed tomorrow? How can I have any patience hmm, when you are worried how you're going to pay your bills? You follow me? I'm not going to be long-suffering with anybody when I'm worried about those things. 
You follow me? I'm not going to be long-suffering with you. I'm going to be short with you because now my mind is consumed with how I'm going to take care of my bills. You follow me? And guess what? You definitely can't have any joy if you don't have any peace. You follow me? How can you have any peace when I don't have any joy? I don't have any joy because my, my son is locked up. I don't have any joy because the doctor just informed me that I have cancer. You follow me? How can I focus on the things of God when I'm so consumed with the things of the world? I can't. You cannot focus on walking in the Spirit when there are so many things troubling you. When there are so many things affecting your life that makes you act out of your normal spiritual self. You see, this system of control, what God wants to do is control us so that we will get the benefits, pay attention here, the benefits of having those fruits of the Spirit. It's hard to have joy, y'all, without peace and without having long suffering. It's just hard for me to have joy. He says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Yes, there are things going on that causes me to weep. There are things going on that snatches joy away from me. But the race don't go to the swift or the strong. But until the one that endures until the end. Can you stay in the race? Can you endure what you are going through so that you can get the joy? I can't have any joy without love. You follow me? You see, I can't enjoy love when I'm worried about all these things. And it consumes me so much that that it takes my joy away. And now I start to not loving anybody. Because now you're saying like, now you blame God. God, why did you allow me to get cancer? God, why did you allow my children to end up in jail? God, why did you allow an earthquake or a tornado to come and destroy my house? Why did you allow it, God? And when you started doing that, now you started to become bitter. And when you become bitter, you are mad at the world now. You're mad at everybody. Nobody can tell you anything now. If you lost a loved one, your joy has been stolen. I remind what Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. You follow me here? What y'all tend to forget, what you are missing, is the key about God. We don't preach about it enough. God is sovereign. What that means. God can do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. And you and I can't do nothing about it. I can't stop God. You can't stop God. You follow me? Job understood that. And until we understand, we will never get these fruits of the Spirit that God has for us. I want to have more love so I can get more joy. Now I'm going to reverse the other way. You see, love produces joy. Oh, you ain't feeling me. Don't you know that when you love your children, your children will reward you. 
your children will start doing what they are supposed to do because they see the love that you have for them, and it will give you joy in your children. You follow? And when you get joy, then you can get some what? Peace. See, when I get joy in me, then I can get some peace in me. Then I ain't got to worry about how I'm going to pay my bills because they're covered. Oh, y'all ain't feeling me. I said they are covered. They are taken care of. When I get some peace, then I can get some long suffering. Then, Sister Rosemary, I can wait you out. Oh, y'all ain't feeling me. I said I can wait you out. See, I can wait y'all, Brother Alonzo. Now you might talk about me. Now you might say things up against me. Now you might even stop me from getting a promotion on the job. But I can wait you out. You follow me? Y'all, y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about, huh? I can wait you out. Because I know that God is giving me something now that the flesh can't handle. Oh, y'all ain't feeling me. See, when God gives you love, joy, and peace, and long-suffering... Those other desires of my flesh got to get in the background now. Now they don't control me anymore. Now hatred don't control me. Dissension don't control me any longer. Because now I got love, joy, and peace, and long-suffering. Then he goes on and he says here, not only do you need to get this, he said you need to have some goodness and some faithfulness and gentleness. See, with love, I can have some goodness. You follow me? Now I'm able to help other folk. Now I'm able to give you some assistance because I love you. See, if I don't love you, then I'm not going to help you. Oh, y'all ain't feeling me. If I don't love you, I won't help you. You see, 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 a husband and a wife are supposed to love one another. What that means is that they help one another out. What that means is that when I said I took a vow, I said I love you in sickness and in health. I love you for richer or for poorer. So that means what? If I became rich, my wife's supposed to still love me. That means if I was broke, didn't have no money, she should still is supposed to love me. God loved me while we were yet sinners. Oh, y'all ain't feeling me. He said, I love you while you were still wallowing in your own mess. He said, I still love you. He said, for God so loved the world. He didn't say just the black folk. He said, the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, whosoever is anybody, y'all, <laughs> believeth in him, shall not what? But shall what? God loves us that way. God loves us so much that he says that he's given us an opportunity. He's given us more chances to become saved. When oh, you're talking about Brother Price, I'm talking about some of us are in church. Come to church Sunday after Sunday. But you're still controlled by your sinful nature. How can you profess, how can you proclaim to be a born-again, baptized Christian, follower of Christ, and you are still being led and controlled by your sinful nature? Something is wrong with your religion. Something is wrong with your Christianity. Something is wrong with what you believe. You follow me? And he goes on, goodness, faithfulness. Some of us lack faith. I'm just going to be for real with you. Some of us do not believe in the power of God. And the reason you don't believe is because you're trusting in other things. You say, Brother Fox, why do you say that? How can you believe in what your horoscope said more than what God said? 
How can you? Faithfulness. Then he goes on to gentleness and self-control. Some of us lack self-control. You already know that you have a problem with alcohol. So why would you indulge and go to the party where they serve an alcohol? If you got a problem with alcohol. Some of you got a problem with smoking. You're trying to kick the habit of cigarettes. But all your friends are still firing it up. How can you not like self-control? We all got things that we need to control. Whether it's eating, alcohol, drugs, impure thoughts, fornication, adultery, envy, jealousy, hatred, all of these things. We got some of it is in us. But you must learn how to control it. And the only way I can control this is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is what controls me and directs me to do what is right. It is not me. Because I'm just like you. I am subjected to being controlled by my flesh at all times. You follow me? You are too. So in order for me to overcome that, I must take on the fruits of the Spirit. You may not have self-control right now. But if you got some love and joy, you can be working on it. See, I got to slowly work on it, Alonzo, until I get it. So once I accomplish loving more people, then I can get more joy. Once I get more joy, then I can have more patience. When I get more patience, then I can get more faithfulness. See, the reason I'm unfaithful is because I don't trust you. That's right. That's why you become unfaithful. I don't trust God going to do what he says. So I got to help him out. I just don't trust God. I don't trust and believe that God is going to give me the job that I need to have to pay my bills. So I got to go do something illegally to pay my bills. God has not called us to live according to the flesh. This is what I'm going to conclude with in Romans chapter 8. Pastor has been talking about Romans, right? So y'all should already know about Romans. Romans 8 and 5 says... Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. I mean, from New Living Translation. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that what? Pleases the Spirit. So I ask you again, my brothers and sisters, who or what is controlling you? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it my own lustful, sinful nature? Think about what you want to be in control of you. Think about, since you are a disciple of Christ, how you really need to be controlled. He told me what I need to do. He told me I need to take on the fruits of the Spirit. It doesn't matter that you don't have them all yet. But every day you should be working on them. And accomplishing and gaining more of them. You should be getting more love every day. You should be able to get more joy every day. You should be able to get more peace, more long-suffering, more faithfulness, gentleness, kindness. You should be getting more self-control of yourself every day. And when you take on the fruits of the Spirit, God will give you what he said. He will bless you above and beyond anything you can ask for or anything that you can imagine, just as he has said. But you must first... Take on the fruits of the Spirit 
and mortify, kill the deeds of my flesh. I said kill them. That means get rid of them. And don't pick them up again. Amen, amen.